0: I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or Human Design Unpacks, where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Now, here we are again with our transits discussion with Jenny Crowder which is super exciting. Welcome Jenny. Hi Emma. So super excited to get into October. Okay, so before we jump into before we jump into October, let's take a little bit of a review of September. Um for me personally, September, just reviewing the gates now, like September's been a really, it's been a freaking roller coaster. There's been some massive sort of shifts and changes, and really feel like um, decisions that I made even before September um, almost going to a new level, you know. And in that, oh my God, the things that have been coming up, like I've been healing things down mum's side, um, you know, hand over fist, like just healing things that i didn't even know were there um lots of things that like we talked about the 3740 so one of the big themes and that was really early on in september but one of the big themes of september for me has been community like the closest community because it's kind of like for me personally um especially while we're here traveling around um australia um, here with my my family which is my closest closest community and then I have my business community and one massive thing that really h- highlighted this month was like I'm looking forward to finding my you know in real life people as well so I felt a lot of healing and growing around those sort of energies throughout the month um, but what was really interesting as well like there's a lot of mind stuff and I've it's even in, in my learning, I've been so drawn back to the subconscious mind. I've been so drawn back to thinking, to um, the manifestation model of energy, but really on the mind side. So it's like these energies are so playing out. But for me, it's almost been like I'm in a washing machine. So I know where I want to go. I know what I'm creating. And every time I sort of have that awareness or that, um, you know, this is the create. This is the community I want to create or this is... Um, the next step in the business, or this is what we're doing on the trip. It's like that's been happening, but I just had to heal a lot of things on the way. So I've been really feeling that, and it's really interesting with um, the the forty six and the twenty five that were really recent. Um, I think you said that at the solstice, like this. The 46, this love of the body, this is something that has been playing out in my mind and my reality for just this entire month. Like I felt it coming and I felt it hit and I'm now in this place where, um, you know, like I really have to, I'm now aware that I want to upgrade my relationship with my energy. You know, it's like I fall back on my will centre, I fall back on my being an M.G., um, and I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to have to work all the time. I don't want to have to push really hard. Um, and, again, it comes back to those mind gates in the early part of the month really giving me this, like, stop it. You can't, You don't need to think. Like it's really great for you to reinvest in in understanding your mind so you understand your frequency, but stop trying to think your way to to where you want to go. So there were so, so many themes that really um, just really resonated I know the 36 is in there as well and that's I mean I already have that um, in my chart so it's really been a huge month like massive growth however it didn't just come easily it really didn't just come easily I kind' of had to bang into it a lot and then I just like even this morning I um, had a real had a really crappy three days and I'm literally in the car. We're driving to this amazing waterhole. Like we're having these amazing experiences Um, and this epiphany just hits me that how much I was resisting ease, like doing less, delivering more, like how much a lot of this, these three days has been about my addiction to working hard. So yeah, like September has been such a massive month for me. How about you?
1: (laughs) yeah i i mean thank you for sharing i i also have been doing a lot of mother mother wound clearing in fact i literally was doing some last night i was sitting on the porch meditating i've been doing some really incredible meditations on um they're quite short um and and they're working on much more visual than i'm used to so i usually do very like vipassana style meditation where you feel the body and just sit with the feeling of what arises i've actually been working a lot more with like um visual chakra cleansing and auric field cleansing and being very proactive in in the meditations um and discovering so much so much stuff a lot of it mother wound um mm-hmm. and having to like clear that out of my energy field um and and as and like a an very open non-energy projector with only three of the six of the nine defined i just had a clearer understanding of how much like energetic hygiene I have to do and I haven't been doing enough energetic hygiene like on a meditative level I haven't been clearing other people's energies out of my field I haven't been enforcing my energetic boundary and my right to own space take up space in the universe so that's been a huge thing for me um as I mentioned on the last podcast I've also been on a very so you talked about the washing machine I've been through the washing machine but I kind of like really chose it (laughs) so it's hard for me to know if that's like a a universal theme or just something I'm personally uh, experiencing Uh, and yeah that the crisis came up really strong for me that was in the first part of my experience Uh, on the mountain uh, it rained a lot (laughs) Uh, and and when you're cold and wet and, and in a tent on your own on a mountain that can be you know quite It can bring bring you into this feeling of crisis, and then halfway through that experience, the the, sorry, it it was my my fault. It wasn't the solstice; it was the equinox. The equinox comes along and and with the forty six and the twenty five, and brings the determination of the self. And it, I felt it. I felt that forty six kick in, and suddenly I was like, I can do this. Like I'm determined. I, I can care for myself. I can um, transcend what the body is releasing and going through. So, I mean, I also felt that that really kick in very strongly. And alongside what the Sun-Earth gates were doing, we had Mercury giving us this flavour of what's coming and also Venus and Mars were doing the same thing. What's coming in October, um, which is starting to go through the gates of the spleen. So Mercury went through the 18, gate of correction, the 48, the gate of depth, the 57, the gate of intuitive insight, and then went into the 32 continuity during... um, the month which is just bringing up a fear after a fear after a fear to be to be looked at uh, and worked through and so my, my September particularly that middle part of it um, was really about being physiologically with fear in the body and I think I, when we talk about these concepts as I always do in these uh, recordings I think it's important to understand what happens physiologically so that we don't feel like there's something wrong with us. Um, quite often, when we're we're going through a healing crisis of some sort, however strong or mild that might be, there's part of us that thinks, "Oh my God, this is um, there's something wrong with me." When actually, it's just the body releasing an energy that was already there. You know, so mm. it's. I think what I'd like to share, really on a personal level, is observations that i made as i watched my body go through um releasing old fears i mean the first thing that that sounds fairly obvious is that you kind of have to feel afraid again because as the fear releases it has the flavor of fear so then you get into this slightly slightly loopy situation as in a loop of i'm afraid what am i afraid of fear i'm afraid what am i afraid of fear you know so you get this little this little thing going around Um, it's important to note that the spleen itself has this um, relationship. So to the kidneys, because the kidneys, the adrenal glands is what's stimulated, you know, when we're experiencing fear. So in my body, what I felt was this aching in the kidneys and then this, these cold shivers like flu, like shivers, um, and the, my central nervous system all the way through my spine, all the way from my lower back right up to my mid shoulders um, felt pretty painful, you know, as these, these releases of cold, fear-based adrenal old energies that were stored in it in the nervous system uh, were allowed to release. Uh, and then as that energy come, came of the body, it comes into the heart space and that causes the heartbeat to rise, which, again, is another fear response. Mm. So. but then again you get like afraid of the fear response so you're like oh my god my heart's beating too fast and too hard am I having a heart attack this kind of worry that uh, that the body is going through this um process so you I just want to um to be clear that if you're in a relaxed state and a safe place um but but with the intention and it's all about intention right if you're saying to the Mm body I intend for you to have space and time to release this energy, then you can keep reassuring yourself I'm safe I'm I'm held. I'm not in any danger. And this fear that I'm feeling. And, and then of course that's stimulating the mind and, and storytelling. Um, I can just relax with it and just let the process go and let it, where my body, like I had this little mantra going on, let it happen, let it happen, let it happen because I knew I was choosing it. And I was like, I just, I want to be free of this fear. I'm tired of living with so much uh, fear in my nervous system um and so for anyone that is actively wanting to work with the fear that may fears that may be coming up i would just say give yourself plenty of space to do it if you can not trying to process it when you're in company with other people Mm. just really you know if you if you know if you are um, able to hold space for yourself in that way then, then do so. And if you're not, see if you can find a, a professional who can hold space for, like as a container for you to experience um, the releases yeah. through, through the body. Because now there's so much, you know, afterwards, there's so much lightness and so much less gripping in the body and the mind becomes calmer and the heart feels more open and loving, you know, and that's what we're, we're hoping to get to, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I love what, as you were talking through all of that, it just reminded me being a person who, you know, did depression and anxiety for so long. And really all it was about was me trying to control that fear response. And the the two things that I still like one the one thing that I was thinking about as you were talking is like I learned so much when I had when I first got pregnant. I was like, I had been afraid of having a baby my entire life. And it was like, well. Here I am. You know, there's no turning back. I'm on this journey. And the best piece of advice I was ever given was that there is nothing wrong with you. Just tell your body that there is nothing wrong with you. That this is just a process that your body can handle, you can handle. Yes, it feels uncomfortable, but learn to go go with it. And it's been something for me that really taught me about that relationship with fear. Like and it's it's proven now that women who have um, and there's many reasons why women have long labors, but often it's related to how much they're holding on to trying to avoid that that pain. They're they're so afraid of the pain. They're afraid of um, you know dying, like because that is a real fear. But when you understand that that pain actually is perfect, it's exactly the way it's meant to be, and that you can let go of it. You know, for me, um, with my her son like I was literally it was like I was in transition and the baby was out within like half an hour that was it and I'm so sure it's because of exactly that that belief once I read that and it is exactly what you're saying and you know even to this day I don't get panic attacks anymore I don't suffer anxiety but the one thing I do do whenever fear is leaving my body is I get a hot flush and it literally just and it feels like, like it rises up through my body and like as an MG, everything in me wants to get up and run away. It's this feeling of like, I want to get up and run from this feeling. And I have learnt that if I just sit there and I'll end up sweating and it will be so uncomfortable and everything that you were saying, but it's the moment it passes. And if it takes longer than 20 seconds, then it's odd. Like it, it is a really short period of time. Um, and I've really come to learn how powerful being able to, as you said, hold space for myself in that place. You know, for me, I don't even tell a story. I don't even talk myself through it because when I talk myself through it, I create all these other stories. Cause I'm, it's like, my intellect is too smart, you know, and it comes up with all these other, well, it could be this, or it could be that, but you should be fine. It'll be fine. So it's, it's like just I literally just sit with it. So I think what you just said is so incredibly profound. And I know in real life I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, we, we have, um, it's, you know, a tendency in our culture to just escape the body into the mind. Um, and actually we are embodied, you know. This is an animal experience as well as a spiritual one. So getting to know your animal and getting really uh, comfortable with them and loving with them and compassionate with them. And just, you know, I'm often doing this, put your hand on your chest and just rub the heart and be like, it's okay, it's okay, we can do this. I mean, literally every day up on the mountain, I was like, you're doing so well, body. You know, my stomach's rumbling. I haven't eaten for seven days. And I'm like, it's okay, you're doing great, stomach. We'll get food soon, don't worry. So just this real attitude of just, it's okay. The body is very, very adaptable and extremely resourceful. It's capable of incredible things if we just trust it, you know?
0: Yeah, well said.
1: Yeah, so so that will sort of take us sort of into this. We're going to go through in our October podcast this exploration of the spleen and the gates in the spleen and the types of fears and worries that are going to come up for us or may, or may show themselves as themes. Um, but, yeah, it's important initially to just say, well okay if the fear or the worry is coming up how do i deal with it and the answer is the mind as always is not going to f- provide you with a solution in this case it's very it's you know the spleen is this ancient almost like the the amphibian lizard you know the, the primal brain it's the amygdala in the in the body um and it's in in chinese medicine the, the element that relates to the spleen is the earth and, and for me what got me through this experience was just being so earthed you know literally on a rock, on a huge rock, every day, hands and feet, whole body. Like get into the earth. Um, and also water. Water really helped, you know, to go and if you if you've got a river or an ocean, that can often just wash whatever it is off you. Yeah. Off you.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Get out in nature, get in the water. Um, yeah, love it all right yeah. should, should we talk about the rest of October Let's do it what are we looking or what's coming our way for October so there's a big
1: spleen theme in October so I'm going to talk about the spleen from as many different um aspects as I can think of <laughs> being the detail freak that I am um, but first I want to talk a little bit more about the nodal theme um we had this and A revelation at the beginning of September of the 2034 being activated by the nodes of the moon, which of course activates the channel of charisma, this pure mangen channel. So we've got four and a half months to work with this. We've already had it on for a month. Um, so I want to work through the some of the I want to explore the gene keys a little bit in relation to this. I'm sure you've explored the gene keys in relation to this, Emma, given that you have this as part of your Exactly. Um, so just to recap for everyone, the north node is currently in gate 20, the south node in gate 34. Um, we might start to have an idea of these energies now, as we've been working with them for a month. Um, so to talk in Gene Keys language, the Gene Keys describes each gate or hexagram as having a shadow expression, a gift expression, and a Siddic expression. Now, siddhi is um, a Sanskrit word meaning perfection. And Richard Rudd used that word because he couldn't find an English word that described the energetic expression of these energies. So, if you hear the word Siddhi, it's um, this word meaning perfection in Sanskrit, or like it's, I mean, it's often referred to superpowers, like yogic superpowers. Um, so, this is kind of what this word is referring to. So, the 34, the south node, um, is the energy I'm going to talk about today. We can maybe talk about the 20 next time. So it's the shadow of force. The 34 has the shadow of force. And it, in human design, it's the gate of power, right? So this brings us to what is um, the name of a book that I'm sure we've both read, Power Versus Force. Yeah. By David
0: It's in- Instantly what I thought of, yep.
1: And so, I mean, if anyone wants to check that book out, it's a good way of um, understanding the difference between power and force. So this forcing is the notion of trying, trying to make something happen that is against the natural flow of life. Quite often we become lost to our force of habit and we become unable to hear the outside influences. We're just forcing ahead. And this is the theme that the 34th shadow might bring to our attention. Power is in alignment with a deep natural expression of life. Force is willfully trying to bring something into being against the flow. And my understanding of all the shadows is that their hidden motivation is fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Richard Rudd, when he breaks down the shadows, he also uses these um, two different ways of that the shadow might be expressing. One is repressed, one is reactive. So the repressive nature of force would be self-effacing. So actually not stepping into your power giving over your own power to everyone outside as you as the authority and putting yourself down all the time this kind of um and i i do see this in man gens with this channel if it was kind of shut down in early childhood that they're not uh embodying the power they're very they feel it inside and they're kind of It's like they're almost lying to themselves a little bit because they know how powerful they are, but externally the way they interact is like, oh yes, oh no, you know better than me. Oh no, no, I'll let you do that. This really kind of self-effacing energy, in Mm -hmm. the repressed nature, and then reactive. This is you know, force forcefulness with others, which is kind of bossiness or or even bullying. This kind of too much force um, and not really understanding what you're doing. So misdirected or unnecessary force
0: yeah yeah i like just talking i love bringing the gene keys into this because from a behavioral point of view i love understanding the repressive and the reactive nature you know that repressive is when we we go internal and we we want to shy away and the reactive is we're reacting externally you know it's that internal versus external um as you say we're always talking about fear when we're talking about the shadow we're in fear um, you know the way I sort of see this um, journey is like we have the shadow is fear, and then the gift is all about alignment. And then for me, the city, what it really represents, like oneness and enlightenment. Like it's it's we're still in in the gift. We're still in inverted commas separation. So we're still being human. And this Cidic expression is once we're really in this united front is how I kind of have made it mean to me. And I think that talking about the 34 and even talking about this book, Power Versus Force, if you haven't read it, bloody read it. It is so, so powerful. And what it really represents and what the 34 that we're talking about is that force is completely unsustainable. And what we we see in the world right now is we're experiencing force. We're experiencing a lot of this force right now. And it's actually this book that's given me a lot of inner peace because you know, there's been some really significant people. Um, there's been some really significant events. There's been some really shitty stuff going on. And when, um, you know, Dr. David Hawkins really talks about the energetic mechanics and dynamics of force, to understand that it's a completely unsustainable energy. So really understanding our power, which, as we said, like the gate, 34 is all about personal power and I love what you were saying about the, the repressed MG, you know, I see this all the time and a lot of them I don't think even do know that they're that powerful or they know that they upset people, that they're too much or they're too big or whatever it is. So I feel like this is going to be a time where you are really being invited to step into your power but in a really grounded, um, resourceful Um, sustainable way as opposed to trying to force yourself in a certain direction or even force what you think or believe or or any of those things um, because that's just a fear expression that's what's going to be called out of you
1: yeah I mean exactly right for everyone who has this on as part of their design it's really going to be the theme of your life right Is, is to surrendering yourself to this internal power that isn't um it's not necessarily conscious as i'm going to come on to that in a minute um because it's from the body and sometimes it's activated by an unconscious channel so um that uh, sense of bringing awareness to this is often i think seeing the reaction of others the seeing you know the, the reaction of others reflected back to us
0: yeah yeah
1: um Just, I mean, on a personal note, I obviously don't have this channel on all the time, and my little projectory world with that open sacral um, has been experiencing this for me as like trying too hard. So, my conditioning as a projector, I understand what people want from me, and I'm very good at playing the game, and particularly as a child, you very quickly understand. I'm reading the room, reading the people in the room. And I just put on whatever costume they want me to. And that is a theme that's still playing out. It's very deep shadow work. So in my meditation all week, the theme has been where I'm forcing, as in I'm trying too hard to make sure people think nice things about me, to guess what people want from me, to try to be the good girl so I don't get told off. Which as a child, as a projected child, just felt so awful being told off. I mean, maybe it's the truth for all children, but but this this is the theme. This is how the shadow of force is expressing itself for me. Where am I trying too hard?
0: Yeah, I think that is such a powerful question. Such a powerful question because again, when we're talking about trying too hard, this is a place where we're coming from fear, or um, you know, people pleasing, or whatever that thing is. I think that's. And, and a great question, just to be journaling on, like, where, um, you know, where am I trying to force things? Where am I um, not allowing my power or owning my power? Or where am I giving my power away? Even.
1: And when I look deep into the like the root of the fear, what am I trying to get from this trying too hard? I want recognition. Surprise, surprise. I want people to see me and appreciate me. Um, and, and so I try too hard to get. It's almost like an an addiction to recognition, you know?
0: Yeah. I feel like there is a lot of addiction in the 3420 as well, you know, like whether it's being addicted to um, busyness, whether it's being addicted to, you know, getting shit done, whether it's addicted to that that feeling of the power, you know, there is this part that you know, a lot of people repress it, but then there are a lot of people that overindulge in it as well. So I think that that is also a theme that I see a lot within the 34.
1: Yeah. So, I i mean, we haven't talked about this, Emma, but let's throw it out there. I was thinking I might just lead, guide us, in a very short embodied meditation to get in contact with this centre. So for those who are looking at a body graph, the 34 is located in the sacral plexus, the sacral centre, the um, colour is it red, red square in the middle of the belly. Um, and Ra described this as a motor center, but not an awareness center, right? He described the awareness centers as the of the spleen and the solar plexus as being the awareness center. But for me, that actually implies that the other centers are unknown to us, unconscious, and I think that's misleading, actually. I think at the shadow, I'm, I'm guessing, I, but maybe he, he described these centers as awareness centers because at the shadow frequency, we're more likely to be fixated on, our mental anxieties and what we're thinking in the Ajna, our feeling and emotional state in the solar plexus, and our health and what we're concerned of at a physical well being level in the spleen. But as I, like, this is just my experience, as these shadow energies in me become more resolved and less dominant, I'm less fixated on what I'm thinking and how I'm feeling and what I'm afraid of. And actually, I have more awareness, a more balanced awareness of what the rest of the centers are doing. So I think we can cultivate awareness of the sacral center um, so that's what i'm going to invite you know it's if you've ever done qigong tai chi any chinese martial art it's called lower dan tien it's our power center you know when you see um people breaking bricks with the side of their hand it's not the hand that's doing it it's the power of the sacral center it's the lower dan tien they're channeling through intention that power into the hand so this gives us some like indication of the of the power that actually is in that center um so yeah I mean I don't know how you feel about that Emma we can yeah do
0: let's that. do it sounds great
1: all right so I want to acknowledge for some people just like trigger warning before we do this what I'm about to invite might be challenging if there's a lot of traumatic memory associated with the center of the pelvis so feel free to skip ahead about four or five minutes on the podcast if this isn't something that you wanna, somewhere you want to go in your body. But for those who are feeling like um, they want to bring more awareness into the sacral centre, it's pretty simple. We, we use our hands as like a – there's so many nerve endings in the hands. Wherever we put them, we tend to put more attention. So the invitation is to put the hands below the navel, on the lower belly, one, one or both of the hands. And breathe into the hands. And just notice what you're feeling underneath the hands at an energetic level. You might close your eyes if you want, just initially to get some kind of, because we're very visual, so quite often when we have our eyes open, we're still fixated on what we're looking at. So if we close the eyes, we might be able to sense a little bit better what's going on underneath our hands in the lower belly. And if we breathe... Softly into the lower belly, again that will bring the movement itself will bring awareness. And we might find that that calms us down automatically. We have so much chi or energy in the head, particularly when we're listening or thinking. So we might find that just breathing into lower belly brings this sense of calm stability, which is, I think, the flavor of this sacral energy. So physically, we've got abdominal muscles underneath our hands, the small intestine, female reproductive organs, the low back spine and the sacrum. So you might become aware on a physical level of all of that. And then in the middle of all that is the sacral plexus, this nerve plexus. And so just getting in contact with what you feel there. You might feel it vibrating or shaking. That's fine. That's the air element. Everything moves in the body. And then you might also, if there is shaking and vibrating, you might get a sense behind it of this really still power. And we can amplify that a little bit with the, some conscious breathing. So I'm going to ask you to bring attention now to your, either your feet, if they're on the floor, or the root of the body, the base of the pelvis, if that's on the cushion or whatever you're sitting on. And as you breathe in from the feet or from the root, fill that space behind your hand with grounded earth energy. You might drop your attention into the earth for a moment just so you can feel what the quality of earth energy is. If you feel into the earth, one, two, three metres beneath you, or 10 if you're on the top floor of a building, you feel the earth, she's very steady, very calm, very peaceful, but she's powerful, you can feel the power. And so we're just allowing on our in-breath that, that earthy power to radiate into the sacral centre. And it's, we're not dissipating it as we breathe out. That power stays there like a reservoir of warm, radiant chi. And you might, if you like visual uh, meditations, you might visualise this warm, radiant chi in the sacral centre. And so you might be starting to feel the quality of this power. It's steady. It's not in a rush. It's quite patient, but it's potent. It's ready for action, but it's got no personal desire to use itself all up. It just knows that when the time is right, it's going to act from the good. All right. So you can take your hands away, open your eyes again. Come back into your, the whole body. All right, Emma, how did you find that?
0: Oh, my goodness, I loved it so my first experience or my first um feeling was like when I'm in that sacral energy and it's been happening a lot um recently as I've been playing around with breath work and being exposed to that is that I actually feel like I just it amplifies my energy it's just it's this there's this actually and you, you know you at first you were saying it's very sort of grounded and balanced and and quiet and I was like the opposite it was just like getting bigger and bigger and bigger and really like excited but then when we did the like bringing in the earth energy that really just boom like just really grounded that energy down um and yeah the way I really experience power um and the way I experience my sacral is that I definitely feel like my whole body gets twitchy like it's like it's ready it's it's like it's ready to pounce or dance or go or take action like i had this real feeling but then when you really grounded when i grounded into it it almost felt like um you know i'm getting this vision of kind of like um the roots of a tree just kind of spreading and then just going down like really and and within that was like the amplification of the power but it was like almost the maturity of of the power so it wasn't so eager to go everywhere and do everything it was like All right, I'm just going to patiently wait here until I'm good and ready. So I could definitely feel um, those the shifts and changes as we played with the energy. It was cool.
1: Thank you for sharing that, and thank you for playing my game with me because I feel I feel like you know a lot of times human design it feels very mindy and very conceptual, and we are still embodied, and these it is describing an energetic expression of a body. So I'm always bringing these these embodiment practices to the gates, to the centres, so that we can actually feel what it feels like as a lived experience.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's so important. I think it's one of the things that um, we do miss within the human design community is that ultimately, and I heard, um, I think it was Richard Rudd that said it, and I may have said this last podcast because I was talking to someone else about it, that human design is the structure, the gene keys are the, you know, the thing to be, Um, contemplated you know human design is the masculine the gene keys is the feminine and I definitely feel that to be true that that human design is this structure we have to bring the structure to life and we do that by living it and getting it into like you say into our physical body so yeah Mm -hmm. totally resonate
1: so I guess that brings us on to the gift which is the gift of strength and this as I look around my world at the 3420s that I know, can manifest in many different ways. So it could be physical strength. It could be uh, strength of character. It's quite often a deep inner strength. And that has the flavor of like heroism. It's this capacity for action that when it's aligned when I see it being channeled in a really aligned way it's it looks heroic to me particularly it's like a non-energy being who's here to just poodle on a computer and intellectualize I'm actually just amazed at this the, the, the physical prowess the strength of this um this expression in terms of the capacity it has to ex- achieve extraordinary things and Moving straight into the city of majesty, I mean, those things, strength and majesty, they, they're such a beautiful combination. And when I think about, like, what I see as majesty, particularly on this physical level, I'm going to bring it back to, like, Tai Chi or Qigong masters or, like, adept yogis. The m- movement of their body is like poetry in motion. The effort is gone. It's grace. But you just know they're pinging with power. I mean, it could be an athlete at the top of the game, a dancer. There's something about the 3420 expression of physical majesty. They don't yeah. even need to be doing anything. They're not busy at all, but there's just this auric power being proclaimed into the world.
0: Yeah, I, and I totally agree. I think it's that energy, and I love you know, strength is something in in my experience with not only myself, like it's definitely one always been one of my highest values, but working with so many 3420s, strength always plays a massive role. And like you said, the, the definition, the meaning they give to strength can be really different depending on the, the individual. And again, this is the beauty of human design is we are so all different and we're going to express differently. But This is, and I actually have a quote on my phone, which I don't have right now, but it it really is about, um, this energy and it's like this energy at the 34, it is, um, it's not the master. It is the warrior and it's the warrior waiting for the Buddha. It's the warrior energy that sits in wait, um, that is patient and that is is powerful and although it has all this energy and all of this power it doesn't use it it doesn't strike it doesn't force it just um it sits in wait for the 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 highest expression of that energy and I I think you've done done it real justice I I love it and to think that we're all going through this time um, in October where we have this ability because ultimately what this is is very much about self-empowerment and you know coming off what we sort of shared about September this is a time when people are really starting to step in like this is a time where discovering your truth and what you believe and what's true for you is really important but that's as long as it's in your mind um, it's good But what the 34 really is in inviting everyone to do is like it's time, like we just did, to embody that power, to use it to step up as individuals instead of saying, well, I'll do it if he does it or you shouldn't do that because blah, 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 blah. It's like, all right, well, I've had this time to sit. I've had this time to discover what's correct for me or right for me or what I believe or whatever that might be. And it's time for me to actually now hear the key the call and step into my own power how exciting
1: yeah yeah I mean it really is it really is it is a time like you say of personal power lovely stuff so that's the notes. we'll talk about the 20 next time um but let's get on with the month ahead shall we let's sounds good let's do it We can bring the Wheel of the Year in for anyone that's following along with the support documents. As always, the link is in the show notes, takes you to the podcast page of my website, where you'll find all three support documents. So the Wheel of the Year, the Month Ahead and the Lines document, if you want to play with those. So if you look at the Wheel of the Year on the right hand side, above the Equinox in the second half of the Quarter of Duality, this is where we're talking about. And you'll see, according to the body graph colour scheme on my body graph, um, I've used it's yellow so there's this bright yellow chunk of the quarter of duality uh, and this is just corresponding to the spleen in the traditional coloring of the chart that's the brown triangle on the left so it's been about the spleen for months now um, and it's kind of coming to a head if you like um, to reassess our relationship to our physical health our immune system our fears or worries and our intuition and our instinct these are kind of the themes of the spleen that have been playing out and because of the way that the the inner planets are moving at the moment so this is mercury venus and mars and us the earth obviously um they the inner planets are said to have like a personal impact on our lives and the outer planets sort of jupiter saturn uranus etc this tends to be more uh, global or generational themes that play out so the personal planets, which um, are, are moving through the gates of the spleen, one after the other. So through August and September, Venus, which represents our values, um, she's already been through all of the gates of the spleen. And so we might have had an idea about valuing our physical health or valuing our intuition or valuing our instinct. We might have, in the shadow expression, been placing too much value on our worries and fears, for example. So. Venus also brings the opportunity for rest and recuperation. So hopefully by the time we're listening to this podcast, we feel like we've actually had a rest in the Northern Hemisphere. We have the summer holidays. Um, I live in Europe, so everyone takes August off, basically. So um, that theme has played out in a kind of subtle, sen- like a sensitive little way through Venus. Mercury and Mars are bringing this energy alongside the sun So these are much more punchy energies. Mercury, of course, is the um, communicator, the highlighter, the broadcaster. Um, And so Mercury's journey through the spleen, it went into the first gate of the spleen, the 18 on the 2nd of September. And then it's currently, as we've got going back retrograde through gates 32, 57, 48. And if you look at the year, you can kind of track that progress. So from the 27th of September, which this podcast is probably going to go out just after that wherein Mercury retrograde, as it retrogrades back through 32, 57, 48, which it will do until the 18th of October, and then it will go direct back through the same gates. And then all the way through to mid-November, Mercury is going to be going through the spleen gates. So it's taking longer because it's got this retrograde in the middle. Um, It's about communication of information, but it's also, in transit, specifically about being open to new ideas or concepts. And so I'll talk about how that might relate to the spleen. I'll just mention that Mars and Mercury are very close together at the moment. Um, If you look towards the western horizon at sunset here where I live, I can see them together setting just after the sun. So we're also getting Mars in all of the spleen gates. This will be almost concurrent with the timing of the sun. Mars brings this kind of immaturity this overzealous expression it's like an adolescent or challenging energy a bit a bit outbursty subject to outbursts um so we might be looking at themes of like direct or um quite uh what's the word challenging confrontation might be slightly aggressive or devices or heated you know that might be the energy that mars is bringing lacking in refinement is what i'm saying lacking in immaturity so that's I think through um, through the, the movement of those two, Mercury might have seen us through September, talking and communicating more about taking care of our body. We might also be open to radically new ideas about what constitutes well-being for our body. Like I've been vegetarian basically my whole life, and I'm vaguely entertaining the idea of a little bit of meat as medicine. Like that's how radical, I'm not saying I've I've gone there yet, but I'm open to new, radically new ideas about what constitutes healthy. And and this is like the breaking of ingrained patterns of what we've been told is healthy. It's more, it's major new ideas about personal health.
0: Oh my goodness. It like, as you're speaking, my pattern thing is just going off, you know, like this is fundamentally what we're talking about at a global level. This is what we're all talking about, you know, Um, no matter which side of the fence that you sit on or what opinion is yours today, because let's be honest, we're going through this time where every caveat I feel like is, this is what I believe today. Um, Give me two weeks and I'll see what I think then. Um, But I really feel like this is actually the bigger question, you know, like, everything for me is more about i've 100% respect for anyone's decision what they want to do with their body however there is this bigger thing that we're we're learning right now is like hang on a second we need to take ownership of that we need to take responsibility for our body so being open to these new radical ideas and things that seemed a bit crazy and out there i i think that's only a good thing and what i would say is like be really open minded be curious ask lots of questions don't just either shut people down or shut yourself down like to see this as a time as an opportunity to put your body in this place where right i need to put it way back up the priority list where perhaps it hasn't been or perhaps i've let other people i've given my hello 34 power away to people about with my body and put it back within your power and make some Maybe radical choices, maybe shifts and changes that are gonna actually put you back in the driver's seat. Mm.
1: And I mean, of course, human design does this. I mean, almost every one-to-one that I do with someone, I'm at some point gonna give them a radically different perspective on who how they're designed to operate than they might have been societally educated to believe is correct. Like the classic example. Doing lots of physical exercise is the way to health. And then you get projectors who are completely burnt out from doing very in- high intense exercise. You know, this is just one example. So, yeah, just Mercury is bringing this awareness through the spleen of really opening us up to thinking in a radically new way about health. Love and then as, we, as we're coming into October, the sun is bringing its light so that we get a bit more direct energy shining into this area. So, we might have been getting an idea of what we might want to change we might actually feel like we have the energy to do that this month um so this idea of evolving our
0: well-being oh I love that evolving our well-being
1: and and there's also something if I want to just add I, I know I'm as always throwing a lot in here I want to just add in the the quarter we're in the quarter of duality the keynote being purpose fulfilled through relationships, and when I look at that from a very like meta big perspective, and coming from a, a yogic background, the the ultimate duality is the duality of the Maya, right? This idea that we Maya is the um, the word that they use to describe the illusion of separateness. The spleen is about fear in human design, the fear that something. Outside of myself could hurt me in here. Yeah, there's this idea of there's stuff out there and there's me in here. But when if you've ever studied the non-dual teachings of yoga or any of these non-dual teachings, it's like the concept of duality, the concept of me and you is an illusion, they say. In truth, we're connected, into like really deeply interconnected, we're interdependent, and we're an expression of the same life process. So if someone if anyone wants to take this a little bit a step further, we might also be exploring those themes. Throughout this period, and um, experiencing these personal planets transiting the gates of speed is actually a paradigm shift in our worldview. I just, I think that may also be playing out. Yeah, is-
0: <laughs> yeah, and I and I think that again, it's spot on. I really think like we're at a time where um, things are changing at a rapid speed, and we really do need to just be open-minded and curious, you know, and just be more focused on um, the, you know, the personal power, the healing, the curiosity of what is the right thing for me? What is, um, you know, how can I let go of fear and start to just relax into that process? And I know that's so much easier said than done, but the more that we accept that these are crazy times and the more open-minded we can really be and curious is going to really help us navigate the fear and let go of the fear yeah
1: yeah it really is um and then i mean i'm you know spleen it projector it's a big theme for me i actually want to just mention the physical spleen before we move into the gates um uh, and again i'm going to invite anyone who wants to join in with their hands to put their hand on their left ribs (laughs) Just kind of to the back, the side and the back of the stomach, on the left-hand side, there's your spleen, just slightly around the back of the stomach. So if we're not biologists or we're not familiar with our biology, we might think that the spleen, because it's in the body graph, like down there where the appendix is, the actual physical spleen is around here, underneath the left ribs. Um, and I use, I, the reason I draw attention to this is just because I think it's helpful to know where these centres are in our body and what they're for so the spleen takes the nutrient essences from the stomach that's why it's right next to it and it distributes these nutritive essences through the blood it's related to hydration and distribution of water as well so it's a distribution system in chinese medicine particularly they talk about worry they say worry weakens the spleen in chinese medicine in human design we talk about fear and i think most of us experience fear as worry actually we're very rarely terrified we're more often kind of worried in the background. So I like to use the word worry in conjunction with fear when talking about the energies of the spleen because I find that it's actually a little bit more relatable. Um, We can kind of, because I don't think, oh, I'm afraid. I actually think, but I am worried. And that is, like, it's an expression of the same energy, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so we're starting. Let's, let's move on. So if you want to follow along, you can either use the Wheel of the Year or there's a more in-depth follow along in the month in brief. So if you look at the month in brief, you'll see the dates of the month all the way down the left-hand side. And then in little rows next to that, you've got all the Sun, Earth, uh, Gates. You've got Mercury. You've got the Jupiter. You've got Saturn. You've got various bits planets that I'm highlighting. So you can follow along on there if you like. So we're starting the month in the 18-17 combination, the sun in the 18, the earth in the 17. We spoke about this last time, about how the fear associated is authority. Our first authority is our parents and then our teachers. Uh, You could go back and re-listen to the September podcast if you want more clarity on that. But in terms of using the word worry, for me, and I've mentioned this earlier, I'm worrying about what other people think of me. I'm worrying about those that I perceive as having an authority over some area of my life, and I'm worried about how they're relating to me. So, this is this background fear of, oh, am I in trouble? Have I upset them? Am I still accepted? You know, this need to belong to the tribe is super, super uh, important for humans. Yeah. So that is that background flavor of, what do they think of me?
0: Yeah.
1: And we're starting the month, just the first couple of days of October in those energies. We move on the 3rd of October into sun in the gate 48, the gate of depth, and the earth in the 21, gate of the huntress. Mm-hmm. So the spleen is, as we said, an awareness center. So the depth, this, this gate <coughs> of depth, as part of this, if you think about the channel all the way around the outside, the 58 to the 18, then the 48 to the 16, this is the energy of noticing what's wrong and then coming up with really skillful solutions. So it's a deep wisdom gate, right? The 48 is called the well or the gate of depth, and it really is relating to wisdom. Um, And also Mercury is going to spend 16 days in this gate from the 11th to the 26th of October. So this is a big theme for October, this, this 48. And the fear associated with it is the fear of inadequacy. That might be worrying that we're not skillful enough, clever enough, articulate enough, or any kind of enough. I mean, how many times have we in the, in this world seen those, (laughs) you're on Instagram, you are enough, you are enough, you are enough, you are. But this is the thing that's associated with the 48. So we might have this theme playing out.
0: And again, that makes, to me, it sort of really makes sense. Or I can see um, like the energetic pattern, because if this is a time where people need to really think differently and, have um, be open to paradigm shifts. This is inevitably going to leak in. You know, it's going to make people feel like, you know, do I know enough? Um, can I trust myself? Can I have I got enough information? Um, have I educated myself enough? So again, that really makes sense to me. That the energetic flow of as change happens, fear always turns up you know like our fear response is something that every time we give into it out uh, the, the fear response the chemicals increase in our brain and whenever we want to change something the how difficult it is to change is going to be how dependent that we let we uh, our brain is sorry how dependent our brain is on those chemicals and how much how many times we've stopped ourselves because of fear and having to move through that fear response? So, to me, again, it makes a lot of sense that this is such a great opportunity to be like, "Oh, right, I'm going. Those those fears are going to come up because things are changing and transforming, and new ways of being are coming, um, you know, coming into uh, creation and manifestation. So that not enoughness in me." Like I can choose to make it mean something different. You know, I can choose to make that mean that transformation is happening and this is an opportunity to deepen the trust and faith I have in myself as it comes up.
1: I mean, everyone has their genius, right? Everyone has their skill and it's just a matter of celebrating the thing that you can actually do better than anyone and the key uh, to recognising that is through this gift. I mean, this is the gift of resourcefulness. Where are you most adaptable? And it often takes someone else to point it out to us, you know. Yeah, and yeah. A, a human design analyst, of course, can do that. They can look at your chart and say, "Wow, you are super skilled at this, and that thing that, that that is your basically your superpower might not have even given it any credit or any acknowledgement that it's actually brilliant."
0: Yeah, yeah, and I see that all the time. You know, this is the thing, especially in those those line twos not valuing the things that come easily to them so yeah pay attention and really pay attention to the feedback that you're getting i love that
1: yeah it's grounded by the earth and the 21 and the huntress now this is about control right about being in control of our lives feeling sovereignty feeling like we have control of our food our money our resources um And I would say, I mean, I'll give my opinion, maybe you can give yours. I would say, unless you've got the 45 in the throat, the the harmonic gate, um, which completes that channel, which is the resources to have control over, then you may find that you're overly trying to control, trying to control things, people, situations that actually aren't in your lane. I use this expression from Terry Cole, stay in your lane. You do you, I do me, this kind of energy. Um, Looking deeply at our own lane and seeing where we could be exerting more control, but we're actually giving our power away. And again, that comes back to this kind of theme of the 34. Because I think when we are afraid, we then try and exert too much control over things that we don't necessarily have control over. It's usually other people, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, ultimately, with the way control works, is that whenever someone is trying to control their external reality, What they're telling us is that they have, um, they feel like they're out of control in their internal reality. Um, So whenever, um, the thing that I hear like in in the 21 is like, pay attention to if you're feeling the need to control something externally. When you are, it's like, oh, wow, here's my invitation, my opportunity to build my internal certainty. How do we build our internal certainty? Well, for a start, we choose better beliefs like, you know, um, the universe wouldn't give me anything that I can't handle, um, that I am fully supported even though I might might not by know by who or by what um, and really starting to choose things that are going to build internal certainty, making sure that um, as you go through the the learning process or just every interaction in a day, like pay attention at the end of the day, make sure that you're doing the things in your journal like, finishing those those really important sentences, today I rocked out, today I love myself because, because all of these things are creating internal um, certainty. And when we have internal certainty, what that actually means is that we can quite happily sit in external uncertainty because we have all the control we need. We have all the the internal certainty. You know, people who really succeed that, you know, smash it out of the park, These are people that have learned to let go of external control and build their internal certainty so they can sit in whatever uncertainty is they're surrounded by. They don't care about the chaos out there because in here they have, you know, peace and serenity, meaning that they experience the chaos out there with a lot more harmony and peace and serenity because, you know, as within, so without. So I think, and again, this goes full circle with the 48, like, Um, You know, whenever we question if we're not enough, it's because we're looking externally. We're going, well, compared to what? Like we wouldn't feel like we're not enough if we weren't comparing ourselves to someone else. And then this fully ties in with the 34. Personal power is all about knowing. And one thing I say to clients enough is that knowing that you're enough because you're breathing. Like that's all you need to be being to be enough and constantly stepping into that and paying attention to the stories, the meanings, those things that are going on between your ears and letting go of everything that is trying to control that external reality and reinvest in that internal certainty.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really love that little loop that we've kind of completed there with those, with all that energy that's on at the moment. Um, it's so important to celebrate. And I, I, I just want to tell everyone listening, you know, being part of your membership and the amount of work that we do in the membership on um personal beliefs and being above the line and you know all of these resources are actually in the membership for anyone who wants to like how do i do that well you can work with Emma <laughs> because it it's so i mean it's changed my life it has transformed my life the way that we on a behavioral level work with our own stuff um through your your techniques and the methods that you share
0: oh amazing i'm um, thank you so much for sharing that and i think this is the thing for me and it's only going to get more Integrating human design with all of the behavioral things, because one thing that I know, and this is fully in um, in alignment with what we're talking about, is that this supercomputer between our head is our greatest ally. You know, it really is. However, if we don't train it like a puppy dog, if we don't take responsibility for it, um, and we can do that through our human design, because it can give us everything we need to fully step in to trust, faith, internal certainty, and then we can program this thing. So when the two come together, it puts you back in that driver's seat. You're the guru. You can actually do your own coaching. You can see the truth um, through a lot of these processes. So thanks for sharing. And, yeah, I think it's freaking important.
1: Yeah, it really is. I mean, just that on that control thing, I'm thinking about, you know, when you were saying about external versus internal, and how I used to be so obsessive about um, like controlling the environment I was in, cleaning, tidying, having everything in its place. I couldn't stand external chaos because I was so chaotic inside, you know. And now that I'm really not that chaotic in here, I don't care what's going on out there.
0: Exactly. And this is the thing, and this is the evidence again. Like our brains need evidence, and this is something that so many of my clients experience, and like I experience it, you experience. Like we are living in such freaking chaos but I'm not living in chaos. I'm not living in chaos at all. And it's because it's always a reflection of what's going on inside. Um, We can still be living on the same planet, experiencing the same planetary challenges, but the choices that we've made about our energy and our mind and our brain really serve us to experience the world differently. And when we do that, we literally pull consciousness up with us. So we're bringing people with us. And that's what all of us need to be doing is that like, if you can't do it for you, do it for everyone else. And then, you know, bring yourself along.
1: I agree. I mean, it there's this feeling like it's selfish, but it's actually the most selfless act. It's mm-hmm. hard work internally, but actually it's so worth it when, like you say, you raise the vibe around you. It's so yeah. important.
0: And and quantum physics, you know, the thing is that we cannot coexist. We cannot coexist at, at really different consciousness levels. So you know, one thing we see in a lot of relationships, and it's really interesting at the time I've been in business, relationships were breaking down a lot, you know, um, and it's because the two people in a relationship, they have to be within a buffer of each other's consciousness or they can't be in that same relationship. And what I would always say is like, it's like you're joined by a rubber band. And when the rubber band stretches, well, it's either got a snap or you know, ping up to be together. Right. And I'm seeing so much more of the pinging up to be together at the moment. So yeah, like do, if you can't do it for yourself, do it for everyone else that you're bringing with you on the party. Like it's the energy as we move up the consciousness scale. And I know we need to get back to it, but as we move up to the consciousness scale, um, it's not like, and Jenny, you can probably give me the actual language around this. It's not one plus one plus one. So we're not just moving up you know one point up the consciousness scale it's actually like this um god if justin was still in here he could tell me what it's called but every time it goes up every point goes up by 10 and then that 10 multiplied by 10 and then that 10 multiplied by 10 so every little step that we make we're making a significant contribution to Mm -hmm. consciousness so keep it going people
1: yeah yeah i mean i think we've done a brilliant had a brilliant tangent to which isn't really a tangent but just it's it's such an important um, thing for people to understand that the work that you're doing is rippling out. It's, it's having such a profound effect on the, at a level we can't see energetically, but we can feel, you know, we can feel it. So let's move on to the 8th of October. Excellent side tangent. I love that. (laughs) We're going to go into Jenny's birthday week. So the two gates that I know very well, the sun is moving into the gate 57. The earth is moving into the gate 51. So the 57 is this deep instinct, intuitive awareness, insights. Um, It's called the gentle as well, the gentle wind in uh, the I Ching. It is this really, I mean, if we look at what the spleen is doing, it's an awareness of what's correct for us, which of course we've been talking about. And then, the fear associated with this is the fear of the future, um, what will happen in the future, worrying about the consequences of our actions and their potential f- future implications. So we actually hold back. We fret or we worry about a few, something that's coming as a future event or possible imagined future event. Um, and, that, and that kind of uh, restricts our behaviour. It's like... Of course, this is my personality, son. So I feel it very deeply. It's like some—if I'm not in alignment, I wake up and before I've even had a moment, my mind is planning the day, planning my interactions. Who am I going to meet? What am I going to do? How am I going to behave? Just uh, this and that is worrying about the future. It's fretting, you know. Yeah. So it doesn't feel very nice. It's actually—I think it's the background state of a lot of a lot of us to be worrying and fretting about the future.
0: Yeah. That's why we have an anxiety epidemic. That's what anxiety is. It's fear of the future. It's fear of being out of control in the future. That's what it is. And the other thing that the other thing I just have to mention is how isn't that fascinating? We've we've talked about the thirty four, and you're talking about this shadow expression of like trying to force, like trying to force this most effortless of superpowers of intuition and that in its sh- that, that shadow expression and how counterintuitive it is just to stop just to let it come to you let it guide you um, because that's a freaking magical gate that's a magical energy yeah
1: and, and when it's in when it's in its pure alignment it's pure intuition and it always knows exactly what to say and it's like the only gate really in the body graph it's doing all that multiple connecting the 34 to the 10 to the 20 is part of this integration circuitry so it could be giving voice to, you know, intuitive awareness of what to say. It could be giving energy to the 10, this intuitive awareness of what's correct behavior for you. You've got this beautiful power instinct combo with the 34, um, 57. So there's, if you've got any of those harmonics, it's a really interesting week to see what you've got more awareness of now.
0: Yeah, I love
1: it. And then I want to just touch on the shadows, the Gene Keys shadows. Um, which have been so powerful for me to work with. For the 57 and the 51, the shadows are unease and irritation. Unease for the 57, irritation for the 51. Um, and Richard Rudd calls them the ugly sisters. <laughs> and they really are. Like w- Because it just feels horrible in here. I don't feel safe. I feel uneasy. I'm kind of angry with everyone. It's just, ugh, it's a horrible combination. And actually, when I am honest, it's been the background vibration for most of my life. So now I just notice, do I feel uneasy? Do I feel irritated? It's just the shadows playing out. I need to raise my game and just trust my intuition. Trust that I'm going to know.
0: Yeah, and again, it's that piece, isn't it? You've got to shift from force to power, you know? You've got to shift back into power, that internal certainty, that trust and faith. I love it.
1: So a week to just notice our unease and our irritation and, uh, and, and, again, relax back into trusting. That it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's always fine. We worry that it's not going to be fine. It's actually, it's always fine. It just depends how we meet the moment.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So from the 14th of October, the sun then moves into the gate 32, the gate of continuity, and the earth into the 42, the gate of growth. So the awareness that the sun is shining light on is this awareness of what has value or not, what could be transformed or not. It has a flavor of conservatism. We talked about this last time. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But that's one aspect of it. Yeah, sure. Maybe it's not broke. Maybe we don't need to fix it. But if it is broke, then we get the fear flavour coming in, the fear of failure. I can see that it's broke, but I'm afraid to even try to fix it because I'm afraid I'm going to fail at doing that. Um, And that's going to hold us back from making the changes that we know need to be made. We have now awareness of the changes that need to be made. And, of course, it's tribal circuitry. So it's also worrying about the impact. If I change something or if I change myself, what will other people say? What will other people think if I go from being who I have been and I'm not happy with that? Change, make a change for myself, personal transformation. But what will everyone else How will they respond to this change if I'm not the same anymore? And that's one of the biggest um, blocks that I see in people making personal transformation is this fear. How will it affect the other people? And will they be able to handle a new me?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think this is incredibly powerful because it is, as you say, it's one of the big fears that keep people really stuck. I mean, when... We've kind of got three universal fears um, apart from the, the the fear of death, like the fear of not being loved, the fear of not being good enough, and then the fear of not belonging. And this fear of not belonging is so fundamental that especially, as you say, within tribal circuitry, this is energy is that, that says in its shadow, well, I forego my identity for the sake of the tribe. So to bring in this energy of like, okay, this is a time for me to really start to um, not just think about reinventing myself but stepping into my power and starting to step into this new being so this is potentially going to be a challenge and again like use your journal ask yourself that question am I afraid of not taking this action am I afraid of holding um, am I afraid of what other people are going to think of me and you know one of the cool things about the spleen and knowing that each gate has a fear assigned to it is means that we can directly ask ourselves those questions um, and and spend time journaling with it so that we can move through it uh yeah because this is a time that we're going to have to be brave and step in
1: and and magically of course the earth in the gate 42 the gate of growth this is the closing of a cycle an old relational pattern or a way of being that isn't working we need to get it Closed, finished, but there's this, there's the flavour of seeing things through to the bitter end. In this, um, it's like you can't prematurely close a cycle. The cycle closes when the cycle closes, right? It's it's done when it's done, um, and that can be a bit of a tough place to be. It's like we kind of know something needs to end or be let go of, but it's like a long tail off sometimes, rather than like the pulling the plaster off quickly. Um, I certainly yeah. like I, I recognize that energy sometimes in relationships where I've just known that I've got to go, but I just can't bring myself to and I'm defined in this spleen. it's not like I hold on to things unnecessarily, but actually sometimes this energy this forty two it's like, okay, it will be done when it's done, and I know it's going to end, but just right now i'm not it's not closing, so just being conscious that the earth is actually bringing that
0: kind of energy, so we might not be able
1: to just drop something right now, yeah and, and um, yet yeah, we might
0: yeah. And this is the thing that, like, that straight away came up for me is like authority author- or strategy and authority, strategy and authority. And really, one of the hardest things, again, about change and about transition is the uncertainty of it. So, yep, use the energy of that gate 42 to let go. Just trust that if everything feels like it's time to let go, it is time to let go. And in the same breath, if you feel those things and it's still like kind of hanging around, Again, just be patient. Trust that internal certainty. It's Like, I feel done, so I'm done. I, there's nothing more I need to do. There's not. I don't. I can. I can let it leave when it's good and ready. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's tough being human, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I get this game sometimes. So 20th of October, the sun then moves into the gate 50. The gate of values. So this is bringing awareness to our intuition of what others need to bring them into alignment with their health or greater spiritual well-being it's also knowing what we need and what we value and actually it's about part of this channel of nourishment or nurturing understanding where which spots need to be nurtured or nourished right now either in yourself or in someone else or in your relationships
0: yeah i love that and i can see the, the whole journey it's such a beautiful journey that after really sort of stepping into your power and having to experience a lot of those fears and the not enoughness. And, you know, can I trust myself and, um, you know, shifting external control to internal certainty? Like that's a lot of heavy lifting. That's a lot of of work. So having the 50 there, the other thing that really comes up for me is that it's a time to come from that that nurturing place. Okay, here I am. I've kind of been through this process. I'm stepping in It still feels quite sensitive. Um, So using that energy of the 50 to really start to not only nurture and and embed these values in in you but to also sort of gently usher them in with those around you that you you feel loved and supported by as well.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, the earth is in the gate three, the gate of ordering or difficulty at the beginning. So, again, what you're saying exactly is that the earth is saying it's a new beginning. it might feel a bit new you know a bit strange you know change on the physical plane can take a while to catch up with the change that we've already envisaged in our minds or committed to uh, in our heart so this week this 20th of october week is just this awareness that okay it's shifting it's changing i'm just going to be gentle with it because it, it is, you know, tran- transformation is unsettling for the brain. The brain has to make a new map of the world, right? It's going to reshift its, exactly. its reality.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, and then finally we come into the, well, oh, not finally, there's a lot going on. October's a long month. 25th of October, the sun is going into gate 28, gate of the game player. Um, and then you mentioned the fears, the top three fears apart from fear of dying. Here we have fear of death. Yeah. Coming up in the gate 28, and it's actually more about purpose, right? It's the fear that we will end this life will end before we've understood our purpose and realized our purpose. Yeah. And um, we worry about not having a purpose. And um, of course, we've all seen what happens to some people who maybe lose a job or a personal role, like a relationship ends, and that role is taken away from them. But they feel like they're purposeless because they're attaching their purpose to that external thing job or person or whatever and without understanding that they are the purpose (laughs) that our existence before we've done anything or realized anything is the purpose and that is a huge paradigm shift to make in your mind yeah just waking up breathing living is the purpose
0: yeah you know I have this gate and it has been such a big player for me it really has and really being okay with my purpose being something that I just kind of know I'm on as opposed to having that clarity, what is it? How am I meant to do it? Um, I really have pushed myself in so many directions to try and find it. Um, And I have really, like as a kid, in fact, probably up until I was about 30, terrified of death, absolutely freaking terrified of it. And it was because exactly that reason, that that I would die, and that I haven't made an impact, or I haven't um, discovered what what I'm made of, or haven't fulfilled some sort of destiny. And I think that this is really such an important lesson, like you said, Jenny, that we are the destiny, we are the purpose. Um, you know, breathing is the point, and really starting to you know, one thing that I have these days is just this really deep reverence for life. Like I just love life. And that has really become a lot of, for the gate 28 for me has put a lot of my shadow to rest because it's now like, well, it's just about life. It's about actually living. And when you're connected at that level, like I'm not saying that life has to be any particular way. It's just that life is enough. Like that is enough.
1: Yeah. I mean, Anyone who's been on my Instagram will know that it's really boring because it's just time-lapse videos of clouds because I'm so in reverence of clouds. Like they are the purpose, right? They're there
0: enough. Yeah. 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 And that's it. Like, go uh, ahead. I was just going to say, like, that is really it. Like I've always loved the word like reverence for life. Like you revere life itself. Um, You know, I've been laughed at for many years because I will not stand on an ant. I will not kill a cockroach. I I can't do it. I can't do it. It's life. Um, And no matter how many people reason with me, you know, it spreads germs or at this or at that or, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I can't do it. And imagine if we could all step into that place where we just had, and I'm far from perfect. God, don't get me wrong. Um, I get fly rage because I I can't kill them. I'm like, just get them out of here. Okay, so I end up getting tortured. But the point is, is that if we all just chose to be more in reverence with life, then again, we're moving to this place where we're building our own internal certainty because when we actually look at life, like you can't make this shit up, man. Like something really wise is going on. I don't know exactly how it works, but I know it's there. I know man every every cup you pick up here has a cricket living in it and they're always
1: different you're like what cricket is in my cup today <laughs> it's I just so cool. I but I want to I want to talk just a little bit because anyone who has that gate 28 you know it's really struggling kind of energy it's a challenging kind of energy but I also we're talking in very kind of open flowery language about life is the purpose but also the challenges and the struggles that we face in our life give us a tremendous sense of what matters, what's valuable, what's worth fighting for. And that has tremendous value. So it's not just the clouds and the crickets that have value. It's the struggles and the challenges that you've been through in your life which have contributed to the field of human understanding.
0: Yeah. And thank
1: you for that, you know, thank you for those challenges and those struggles.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I think that's, you know, again, one of my greatest lessons, and it does come back to that reverence of life, is that, you know, when I learn to say, it's awesome that i can overcome these things it's awesome that i have these challenges and i grow from them it's awesome that um, i'm not trying to run in the opposite direction from them this is where we find the meaning of life because our souls did not come here just to for bloody you know rainbows and unicorns they came here to have an experience and i know so well that we can only experience the highs if we experience its equal and opposite low and I think that's a lot of what the 28 is showing us is that just because our mind might think that this isn't, um, you know, that this is hard or challenging or struggle, I don't love the word struggle, but I get that it's, you know, part of this whole channel that's about struggle, is that it's not actually about struggling. It's about growth, it's about Mm -hmm. finding, um, you know, choosing to give better meanings that really help us grow.
1: Uh, And it's grounded by the gate 27, the gate of caring, Mm. which is very nice. You know, the the opposite. You've got the 50 the week before, then you've got the 27 coming in. And then, and and I also think that speaks to purpose. You know, caring for others is a huge purpose, right? Yeah. If you're a parent, your entire being is about caring for this other being that you're raising in the world. Um, We might be caring for elderly parents. We might just make someone a cup of tea or smile at them in the street. Caring is what grounds our struggle for
0: purpose. Yeah love it
1: finally and we it's the 31st of october so you know it's kind of pushing into the november um podcast but i do want to mention the 31st of october because it's the final gate of the spleen so i want to make sure that we've covered them all um it's the 44 the sun going into the gate for 44 um the gate of alertness so this is awareness in traditional human design for the potential for other people and then the fear of past baggage catching up with us is the keynote for that. Um, I think that it's actually better explained in the Gene Keys as the awareness of which relationship dynamics are no longer working, which patterns of family behavior can be released, which ancestral patterns of tribal anxiety we can do without. Um, I think it's not for me anyway, I have this gay, it's not so much the fear of the past catching up with me, rather an awareness that the karmic past Is smothering our potential that we've been hurt in the past, which we need to honor and take responsibility for healing, but actually we can then move forward with the clean slate. And I love that this is the last, you know, escape of this, yeah, we're doing this healing work on our ancestral
0: pattern. Yeah, I love that too. I got exactly the same piece like that, you know, we've been through this process and it's almost like a tying off. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, this is the opportunity to sort of um tie that off so anything else that needs to be healed anything else that needs to be let go of um this is an opportunity to really just start to heal it let go of it move on
1: and the, uh, the earth is in the gate 24 the gate of rationalizing which is again it's the same kind of energy at mind level it's inherited thoughts inherited beliefs loops that play out without being challenged so there's these two things these relational dynamics and these thought loops that kind of go hand in hand that can be transformed you may have noticed that it's on the
0: 31st of october Samhain, halloween yeah.
1: all hallows eve day of the dead the day when the ancestral veil is at its thinnest oh so
0: my we, goodness i love it I've we, those get, we get
1: to work at this kind of really Deep level with this energy, you know. In many countries, if you've ever lived in a very Catholic country, they will go to the cemetery on the first of November, do ancestor rituals. Like everybody goes, everybody does their ancestor rituals, and we've kind of lost that a little bit in our culture. We just, you know, put on costumes and go trick or treating or whatever. But actually, at a kind of deeply spiritual level, this is an opportunity. And I, what I mean, just to share some rituals that I've done in the past. I got all the family photos out, all the black and white photos out, and I made an ancestor board. So I found a picture of every single one of my ancestors and I honoured them on this photo board. Wow. So that there's a place that I can go to say and say their names, you know. Some people's names get lost. So mm-hmm. saying the names of the ancestors and honouring them and thanking them and asking for forgiveness, you know, doing pono, honouring their place in our life and the gift of life that we have because of them, even if they were not not perfect. And let's face it, find me a perfect human, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like just liberating ourselves from all of these energetic ties that bind us to these low vibe ways of being that we've inherited most of them. We have such an opportunity to heal, you know, um, that that actually our parents and our grandparents didn't have. They they were mostly struggling to survive. They didn't have the opportunities for healing that we have. So 31st of October
0: make the most of it yeah I love it healing ceremony versus commercial make lots of plastic rubbish and eat chocolate and all that sort of stuff anywho I don't want to be a party pooper I can we can all still get dressed up but yeah let's let's do an ancestral healing instead I think that's so much better I I don't think it's going to go down too well with the kids but I'm sure I can talk them into it
1: but actually, no, I think that I actually think that the, the tradition of going to people's houses and meeting your neighbours, that's a healing in itself, actually. Yeah. That's an opportunity for communication. So I love that ritual of, um, of going around people's houses because yeah. I think it it's a
0: community together. Yeah, I agree. I wonder yeah. what we'll be doing this year and where we'll be, <laughs> if we'll yeah, even have I, a community. I have no idea. I might be at the top of the hill somewhere. Exactly. Beautiful.
1: Well, so that brings us to the end of the Sun Earth exploration. Um, I want to just touch a little bit on um, the outer planets. Of course, it's important to mention these bigger themes that are playing out uh, at a level that I think needs to be highlighted. So we've got Jupiter and Saturn. I'm, when we recorded the September podcast, we talked about the retrograde, all of the outer planets in retrograde. They're starting one by one to go direct. So Jupiter, um, is in its retrograde from the, it started on the 20th of June in gate 55. So if you you might wanna look at the Wheel of the Year again, here it's on the other side of the Wheel of the Year from where we've been looking. It's over by the um, beginning of quarter one. So Jupiter was in 55 in the beginning of its retrograde, all the way through to the end of July, then it went into gate 30. Uh, And then mid September, it moved into gate 49, which is where it's going to go direct on the 18th of October. So that's Jupiter going direct in gate 49. I'll talk about it in a minute. And then Saturn retrograde started in May. And again, you can look at the wheel of the year, gate 13, gate 19. And then into 41 on the 11th of September, it's going to come out of its retrograde and go direct in the 41 on the 11th of October. This is the 41, the initiating codon, right? It's beginnings and it starts the human design year when you're looking at the wheel so when we talk, talk briefly about the themes of the planets um if you do traditional astrology you probably have slightly different themes than the ones that ra shared with us and um, so in traditional human design we're looking at jupiter as the personal lawmaker what is correct for me and saturn as the judge or the the, the consequences if you don't follow your personal law if you don't do what's correct for you what energies might you see? bringing you clues that you're out of alignment. So running along in the background of the month, we've got these two energies that are about assessing how aligned we are with our highest intentions and as the planets they're acting collectively. So they're set, kind of saying to us, hey humanity, do your laws represent your values? Are you operating at your ideal idealized and optimal potential? Is the potential for great good fortune and abundance that Jupiter brings? actually built into the ways of being and thinking in your and structures of the society you know saturn creates the structures jupiter brings the abundance it's like we can see that that's not happening but we uh, can also yeah. see the potential for it to happen so our values are shifting and of course our laws and our structures are going to have to shift to accommodate that the slow process it's a bit of a juggernaut it's not going to change overnight Because they're now, we've had all this retrograde time, we're now getting this direct action. We might see more direct action in this area. Um, Yeah, so looking through the gates, if you look at the Wheel of the Year, look at the northwest side on cross-border day that begins the first quarter of initiation. If you work forward, you'll see the three gates of the solar plexus, the 55, the 30, the forty-nine. That's Jupiter's retrograde. So Jupiter's been retrograding through spirit feelings rejection principles we've spent the last five six seven months getting clear about what principles we're rejecting how we feel and what is our connection to spirit we've then got our laws being calibrated by our emotions or what we value being calibrated by emotions and this is i'm I'm aware that this is a lot (laughs) 80 percent of the planet, according to David Hawkins, we've just spoken a lot about him, his calibrations, his kinesthetic, kinesiology calibrations, calibrate that about 80%, 78, I think, percent of the population of the planet is operating at shadow frequency below level 200. So the let's look at the shadow that we might see in most of the population. Victimization, so the degree to which we feel like a victim or not, at uh, Desire, our relationship to to desire and wanting our perceived needs to be met at the expense of everything else. And then, right now, during the 49, reactivity what is our relationship to reactivity? How are we reacting to global events? How much do we feel a victim of global events and that global events are preventing us from getting our desires met? So, that is what Jupiter's been highlighting at the shadow level. You know, we might. Yeah, Uh yeah, it's like if I put it into language. It's not my fault. I can't do anything about it. I don't want this. I hate this. In fact, I want something else. And it's all their fault, whoever they are. That's kind of like a sentence that summarizes those energies. Yeah. So we can see that, right? There's a lot of that chat going on. But, I mean, of course, change is needed. I'm not saying that it's not. But the point is, from a transit's perspective, that change is going to come. Yeah. Change is coming anyway. We don't need to force it. Let's bring back the theme of force out of our fear or our anger or our outrage or our reactivity. We don't need to force the change. The change is going to come. We need to to step up and meet it with love, gratitude, patience, determination, all of that kind of good stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so beautifully said. And I, I feel like the journey we've talked about today is that journey of really connecting to inner truth, you know, knowing that, it mightn't always be the easiest ride, but we have all the energies we need to get ourselves to that place where we can navigate life. We can navigate in a way that um, we're becoming more sovereign beings. We're becoming our own guru. We're becoming um, our faith and trust as it grows in ourselves, it grows in the universe again, you know, as within, that's so without. And I think that's the next part. Like when I hear, you know, you say like the change is coming, we don't need to force it. There is such a deep knowing in my cells that, um, you know, my ego wants to jump up and down. It wants to have an opinion. It wants to tell everybody. It wants to, you know, use all of this energy and, um, you know, opportunity that I have to tell everyone what I think. Yet there is this really deep knowing in me that that is not, not what's needed. Um, And what's needed is this trust and faith that this transformation is already happening and my responsibility is to, you know, bring back to that the 37 and even the 6. Like I have a lot of peace, like come back to peace, come back to harmony, do what you can to grow those trees. You know, you've planted it, nurture it, take care of it. Don't let the ego just pull you down a road of, but I need to be heard and I have an opinion and you should all know all these things because at the end of the day, it's not just my journey of waking up, it's everybody's. And we can't wake up for other people. We can't, you know, do the shadow work for other people. We can't, you know, do any of those things. We have to take responsibility for our own stuff. And, um, you know, gratefully for me, I'm one of the people who I've done the biggest part of my heavy lifting thank goodness because it was freaking hard and I went for a really bloody long time yet like you say there is a huge proportion of the global um population right now that are being invited to do the heavy lifting and we can't force that on them you know we have to hold space for them to do it
1: yeah and I mean let's assume that most of the people listening to this podcast are at least aspiring to and working towards being in that 20% that are really trying to gaze up to the gift level out of the shadow and let's bring in some of that gift language because as Richard talks about the the language just the word the word of the gift is a vibration in itself Mm -hmm. so the words are free lightness and revolution so we might shift our thinking to I am free to make my own differentiated choices. I am not a victim. I take full responsibility for my thoughts, my words, my deeds. And then lightness. We're only human. We can't help ourselves sometimes, but we do deserve compassion for that and not judgment. So yeah. how can I bring lightness into this situation instead of damnation? Mm. And then revolution. I can see that everything in the world is undergoing a revolution, but it's necessary. I trust that it will be better for everyone in the end. And this is how we can really use these... These these gift words from the jinkies to help us to create new mantras for ourselves.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, every significant challenge I've had in my life, and yes, there's been a few. I've always held on to that belief that, um, you know, whatever I'm going through, it's for the best. It's for the best. Like something great will come of this, and I believe that this is true now as it's always been
1: yeah and it can be hard you know when we're in the darkness it's really sometimes hard to see the light but just reaffirming there is light it is coming so that's jupiter you know this abundant energy asking us to be free and light and you know welcome the revolution and then in welcome let's let's do it and then we've got saturn which is um kind of about how we're going to do that right so if you look at the wheel of the year, let's look at Saturn's retrograde over the last few months. You see gate 13, the listener, gate 19, wanting or like recognition of needs and then 41, contraction. So this has been the course of Saturn's retrograde. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you can see them on the eastern horizon as you're watching Venus, Mercury and Mars set in the west. You watch Jupiter and Saturn rise together in the east. Um, I think this the key to this is... Um, the shift in our patterns that Saturn's going to go direct uh, in gate 41 on the 11th of October, and that's the initiating codon. Question is, what beautiful new us is going to be initiated with that energy? Pluto will have gone direct a couple of days before that in gate 61. You mentioned the word inner truth, Emma. Pluto is going direct as well. We spoke about that at length in the August transit podcast. And then you've got the sun in the gate, 51, on the 11th of October. So let's look at this 11th of October time, day before my birthday, let's just say. So there could be a brand new start, a new definition of truth, a new thing that we're believing in, and then this 51, the shocking power to wake us up from our shadow nightmare and into a new legacy. I, It looks potent, that. Yeah. Time. It's, like, it's like each of us on an individual level is going to start Something new that's going to leave behind an impact on future generations,
0: and each of we need to
1: decide what that is for ourselves. Right? What new world are we anticipating? The gift of the Gate Forty One is the is anticipation. It is coming. Let's stop like wringing our hands and saying we're all doomed. We're not doomed. Mm. We're expectant and anticipating a more compassionate, caring, understanding, loving world and so like my invitation for the for the, those of us that are really trying to hold the vibe for this is just keep your eyes on the prize you know yeah keep your eyes on the prize
0: yeah and i think people? yeah exactly it is and i i think that this is so powerful um you know one thing that really you know from all the years i've worked with clients one thing that i am always focused on is like You have to value where you put your focus. You know, if you let the external reality dictate what you see, what you think to be true, then you're screwed. This isn't a time to be investing your energy, the most precious thing that you have. Like your energy is everything. You know, we talk about holding space and and raising our consciousness to bring other people with us. The importance of holding a vision for the future And like you say, stop worrying that like we're already living Armageddon, like we're in it. So we have a choice to even either invest in it or we get to invest in the future. We get to invest in the future that we want to see. And that's not always easy, even for people that have been training the supercomputer, training their focus for a long time. Um, However, the muscle that needs to be built is the moment we become aware that we're investing what we don't want. This really is such a powerful time for us to be really investing in what we want, you know, whether or not our brain or our ego thinks it's possible is completely irrelevant, you know, the 41 as well this is, I always talk about this is like the quantum possibility, this is the ability to really vision to really see the future um so if we're creating our future from our quantum if we're creating it from our imagination then why not create one that we want instead of listening to everyone else or letting that influence the future that we want so yeah a dream big believe in the impossible um Alice in Wonderland once said you know she can believe in more, at least three things impossible things before breakfast so yeah freaking invest your energy wisely Oh, I love it! Anything is possible. Cup, love it.
1: Mug that I drink of, out of. Anything is possible.
0: Anything yeah, I love it. Yeah, I have a little uh, a um, pig with wings on my desk. He's in. He's being packed. He's in storage right now. But yeah, like anything is possible. All we have to do is believe it to be true. And that's yep. it. That's it. I love it. So. Ultimately, this is a time that we are going, you know, I feel like we've been in the chrysalis for a while and potentially for October we're starting to poke our heads out, you know, and that's exciting. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for all the freaking time and energy that you've invested in this for us. We are so appreciative. I love having these conversations with you and, um, yeah, thank you.
1: Thanks for giving me the opportunity, Emma. I've loved it too,
0: really loved it. Awesome, brilliant. Well, thanks everyone for joining us today. It has been another exciting adventure and I trust that it's going to really support you through October. And again, I just invite you to step into your own power, believe in yourself. Just know that there's going to be times that it feels scary and like you're not enough and these fears are going to be playing out, but it's just fear. And fear is bullshit. It really is. Um, It's a story that our ego tells ourselves. So, you know, get into that focus of the future you want to call in and just keep looking back there whenever you get distracted. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Love you all. And I really look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.